Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron Ladd. No, he what said the it. House? No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. I mean, who cares? They're going to be a one or two seed in March. Like, we know what's going to happen. Like, <laughs> this are they football. This isn't football. Yeah, they're going to be, at worst, they're going to be a two seed. At worst. I mean, you got faith in them still? Faith to do what? <laughs> <laughs> so all you care about is the seeding. You don't care about how far they go with that. No, I, obviously I do care, but the seeding can help you get further based on matchups, right? But no, this isn't one of those great KU teams. I'll be lying if I told you that. Like compared, I mean, obviously they're really good still compared to the rest of the country, but this isn't one of the best Bill Self teams at all. But can they go on a run? Sure. I know Mizzou's not. They're like 0 9 in SEC play. Mizzou basketball. All right. All right. All right. There's enough of that. There's no need to even bring that up. There's no need to even bring that up. Well, you started it, man. So, how are you, how are you holding up in Vegas, man? You're, being in Vegas for like a whole week is crazy. Like, Vegas is one of those cities where, like, honestly, like, best case for me is two nights, two days, and I'm good. Like, after like two days, you're like, I want to go home. <laughs> nine nights. I'm spending nine nights here in the big Dorito, the, the Luxor, the media hotel. I've, uh, how am I holding up? I'm not really holding up. I'm, I'm trying my best, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's, this will test anyone. And I feel like today, I mean, you, you're there, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like today was kind of really like the real start. I feel like, I mean, obviously I know Monday was, but, do you feel like today kind of felt like okay, I'm really in Super Bowl, Super Bowl week now? Uh, opening night was cool, and that's always like you know the official start. I think, yeah. and then the players kind of gave voice to this today, like the normalcy a little bit, like oh, you're back into like a regular football week again. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday game on Sunday type of thing. Yeah. Um, but getting here Saturday and seeing the the plane arrive on Sunday, I've I've been in that mode for a little bit, my guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, thank you, guys. Another episode of Coast to Coast with Mark Gunnels oh. and Aaron Ladd. You going to intro? You just going to take it away? Yeah. Aaron Ladd is live in Las Vegas. Hey, we're not coast to coast on this show. We're both on the West Coast, actually. You're only four hours away driving and about a 45-minute flight from me in L.A. right now. So we're both on the West Coast. This is just this is just Arrowhead Pride Coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I get there friday man so we got to link up take a picture you know do the whole shebang yeah you owe me some money too when you get out here so we'll we'll make that official why owe you money 
<laughs> that's 75. Oh, you're still talking about that? <laughs> that was like three Super Bowls ago. <laughs> that was a minute ago. Hey, I can't forget. Come on now. Come on now. Well, no, that wasn't even Super Bowl weekend. You came out. That was the Chiefs Chargers game, wasn't it? When you came out here, we hung out. Yeah, that that was yeah. that was two yeah. Super Bowls ago, I think. Yeah, because that was the year the Chiefs could have been in it against the Rams, and it was in LA that year. Yeah. Let's get into it, man. Chiefs coast to coast is on one coast for episode seventy six. Aaron Ladd is in Las Vegas, looking ahead to Super Bowl fifty eight. Mark Gunnels in LA. He's on his way to Vegas, as you heard. Steven Serta is behind the board in Kansas City as we look ahead to Chiefs versus Niners from Allegiant Stadium on Super Sunday. We will go and get Mark Gunnels' prop bets and prop picks. We don't have to go to Vegas. We're already in Vegas as Mark Gunnels has a chance to finish above 500. How? Just how? You left me for dead. You left me for dead. You're like, there's, I can't, if I give her 500, I'm going to be on your head, bro, because I'm going to tell her to pull up some old clips. It was like, there's no way you're getting over 500. You're like 12 games under. You left me for dead. You didn't trust the process. Didn't have no faith in your boy. And here I am on the verge of being over 500. Well, he's not there yet. We'll see if he can officially make it happen. He'll give us his plays and picks ahead of the it Chiefs. It also helps that the Chiefs went this far. I got more picks, to, more games to pick on. <laughs> That's true. That is very, <laughs> that is very true. We'll, uh, we'll see what Mark Gunnels is feeling as the San Francisco 49ers are slim favorites over the Chiefs. We'll talk Nick Bosa. We'll talk Eric Bieniemy, And we'll recap opening night as the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl for the fourth time. In the last five years, can't have coast to coast without you all, the fam, the audience, the listeners. Uh, appreciate y'all tapping into us with us wherever you are. I got some people in the comments from X, YouTube, Facebook. My goodness, it's a very active chat already. And we want to make your voice heard. 816-514-1267 is our voicemail line. If you have any comments, criticisms, concerns, please leave them in the chat and we will address them at the end of the show. I think that's an official intro. Let's get into our Chiefs recap. Mahomes avoids. He's a magician. Chiefs recap. All right, so not really recapping a game here. We recapped the AFC title game on last week's episode so i guess we'll recap everything that's happened since then we'll start with the chiefs departing kci and arriving on sunday here at harry reed international airport to plenty of fanfare i wasn't here for the arrival last year i covered the super bowl in person last year but i was part of our second wave so i got the whole experience this time around got to be on the tarmac when the plane touched down and Patrick Mahomes and company come off. Nothing like anything I've ever experienced before, Mark. They had a gang of Elvis impersonators. It was a live DJ. I mean, Las Vegas is doing this thing right to welcome the Chiefs into Vegas. It was cool to see um, Andy Reid and, and kind of the crew kind of handle it as business as usual. As This is, this is kind of the thing. I've said this before, and, and I'll say it again here on our platform. There's five seasons in Kansas City now. Spring, summer, winter, fall, and then Super Bowl season. And the Chiefs have a Super Bowl routine. And that started with the team arriving on the tarmac 
you find anything cool from those arrivals and the departure and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, I like how, you know, when they come in, you see the flag in front of the plane. That's pretty cool. You know, Patrick Mahomes come out with his uh, signature bag with the PM logo on it, with the shades, the Oakley shades, I believe. And Kelsey, you always wonder what Kelsey's going to have on, right? You know, he looked like he was pretty comfortable with the uh, the sweatsuit on there. So, yeah, man, I think it was pretty cool. Um, for you, so, like, I was curious. So, like, what time or, like, how far in advance do you get there before they arrive? And how long did you have to wait until they actually touched down? Well, because we were doing it for TV, we were there well in advance. I was, I was here in Vegas before they took off in, in KC. So, we were there about three hours early, and there was a lot of, like – build up stuff of course anytime you're doing like a super bowl type of event like there's so much media like international media local media like the like it's it, they had risers set up I, i'm trying to count off the top of my head but it was easily over 100 like cameras and people set up um on the tarmac there but it was cool man and the, and the chiefs they were greeted with like little hats i know you've seen the designs and that kind of stuff yeah yeah, but, yeah. Um, the 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 arrival was just that first benchmark and of course led in to Super Bowl opening night, which was at Allegiant Stadium this year on the field. The, the the turf that they had down was not the actual playing surface. I know there were some questions about that. People walking on the, the, the actual grass like, no, it's not. There wasn't any of that. Um, they had all the individual podiums. It was a big, big, big production as far as bruce buffer being there the chiefs being led out by blue man group and some of the things that you think of when it comes to vegas um super bowl opening night what stood out from from your perspective from from watching on tv yeah i mean obviously you're curious to see how many taylor swift questions that was going to be asked to all the chiefs players not just travis kelsey but you know i I think they kind of like it you know they seem like they lean into it nobody (laughs) seems like they're really irritated or anything but i think obviously it's a lot of respect for kelsey and his relationship so you don't want to come off as a hater or anything like that right to create a story or a headline um i will shout out uh man is his name jeremiah fennel i hope i'm saying his last oh, name oh the right. kid the kid yeah, yeah he killed that yeah, yeah, he, he yeah killed the 11 year old reporter he's been pretty famous here the last couple years and i one thing I thought was really interesting is I don't know if you saw it when he interviewed Patrick Mahomes, they were playing like mock GM and they were drafting like their dream team, take going back and forth. And they selected three wide receivers and <laughs> wide receiver two for Patrick was Tyreek. And then wide receiver three, he said was Jamar Chase. <laughs> and then after he said it, he started laughing and, you know, cause he knew like what he was doing when he said Jamar Chase, obviously. You go back to the offseason where Jamar Chase was like Pat Who, and then Mahomes had the Pat Who caption on his picture when he had the two rings uh, flexing on Instagram. So I thought that was pretty uh, interesting there. Um, I saw you had you had some good uh, some good coverage as well. I believe you talked to Willie Gay, if I'm not mistaken. I saw Jarek McKinnon out there. You know, uh, some Niners fans weren't too happy about how he kind of was downplaying, I guess, playing his former team if he plays. I know Andy Reese has a long shot on that. Willie Gay looks like he's going to be ready to go. So that was a good welcome sign. And, yeah, overall, I just thought the guys seemed pretty locked in. And I like when they brought both teams together, you know, the captains at least on the stage. 
Yeah. Because uh, that's going to be the only time they're on the field together before they actually play on Sunday. And, you know, a lot of people think that Brock Purdy just is happy to be there. Uh, people say he looked like he shook. You know, Mahomes is kind of buttering him up. He took a selfie with him, Purdy, I think Fred Warner and Chris Jones. They're like, don't fall for it. He's doing the Michael Jordan thing where, you know, he acts like your friends during the week. You know, you play some golf, take some pictures. And then just rips your heart out on game day. There's always like little stuff that gets taken out of opening night. Remember last year when Mahomes like told Jalen Hurts like, oh, like I've had the Airbnb kind of reserved since the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the year just in case. For for me this year, it was the – this wasn't like behind the scenes or anything, but it was Kelsey getting booed. There was yeah, an yeah, overwhelming yeah. amount of Niners fans at opening night. And I don't know how this is going to translate to – uh, actual game day but but as you mentioned it's it's a closer distance it's a closer travel this, this is like this is a hop skip and a jump for them to get to get down here I think the Chiefs are embracing that man like this has kind of been key to their turnaround playing on the road having to go into hostile environments having to embrace that us against the world mentality for them their first introduction opening night here in Las Vegas for them to walk out and the overwhelming response from the crowd is negative. I think that that is exactly what the doctor ordered for Kansas City because they they that's what's fueled them to this point. And for me, that that that's what stood out. The 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 Super Bowl opening night is chaos because there's celebrities everywhere, carrot tops walking around, blue man group, Tech Nine is everywhere, and then there's like the entire Chiefs organization as well. Like it's not just the 53 men on the roster. It's also like I caught up with assistant general manager, Mike Borgonzi, caught up with Brett Veach, caught up with Mark Donovan, talked with Clark Hunt. Like it is essentially a free for all for the hour. And there was a lot of good stuff from that. We'll get in later about the injury stuff. You mentioned Jarek McKinnon. I'll just say quickly. I I don't think that he plays. I think, uh, I think he's here for moral support more than anything. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I don't think he's going to play either. Uh, same with Joe Tooney. I don't think he's going to play as well, even though Andy's saying there's still a, a shot, but it's a long shot to say the least. So they're going to monitor that day by day. But uh, to go back to what you were talking about, the fanfare, I want to touch on that as well. And not only is it a short trip, a lot of people, you know, and I, I'm in California, not the Bay Area, obviously, but I still see a lot of Niners fans in L.A. A lot of California natives actually live in Las Vegas, right? And I don't know if you know, was that a free event or was it like they had to pay to get in there? Or how was the dynamic there? Do you know? I'm not sure. I know that they were they had concession stands and all that stuff, but I don't know if it was free okay. to attend. OK, but even if it was, I'm sure it wasn't nothing too crazy to get in there. So, I mean, I think a lot of those people actually live in Las Vegas and, you know, Kansas City people, we're, we're hardworking blue collar people. We're not going to take <laughs> off. We're not going to take <laughs> off a, a whole week. We're not taking up a whole week to live to stay in Vegas for a whole entire week. The only reason you're there is because you're working. So, right, you're there getting paid. We're not. We're going to wait until Thursday and Friday to the weekend to get there. So, I, I don't think that's an indication of what the crowd's going to look like for the game. Obviously, with the tickets being like only celebrities can really get in there. And I think also, you know, that Taylor Swift factor kind of balanced things out. People just wanted to see pay that money just to see uh, Kelsey and maybe see Taylor Swift on the field after the game, potentially. So I think they'll still probably have more fans, but I don't think it's going to be like overwhelmingly, maybe like 60-40. There were more Eagles fans at the game last year. It, it was were. like, oh, it, 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 it was were. loud. I mean, you were there. It, it was There were more Eagles yeah. fans. 
and maybe it's because I don't want to say fatigue, but like the Chiefs making the Super Bowl is not a once in a lifetime thing anymore. Like yeah, people yeah. are starting to get to the point to where it's like, okay, we can't make it this year. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the parade or we'll go another yeah. year or that kind of thing. Sticking with opening night, I do want to get to some sound because leading into opening night, Niners defensive lineman Nick Bosa had a sound bite that made the rounds it was it was very simple i mean i think if you're a chiefs fan you've heard it by now the three words when asked about uh looking at the chiefs offensive line on tape he said they hold a lot and this was one of those bulletin board material moments where you know us uh, us media folk get to smile from ear to ear and say okay there there's a there's a narrative we can run with all of a sudden like yay all of a sudden so uh, the tackles are available on opening night. Juwan Taylor and Donovan Smith asked them if they heard these comments from Nick Bosa, and this is what they had to say. He was just asked how the Chiefs tackles look, and he said they hold a lot. That was all he said. Any, any response to that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Did you see Nick's comments or have any response to those? Part of the game, man. Uh, I'm just looking forward to the game on Sunday for sure. We wasn't getting nothing on on that man and and this is I, one of the first responses under that post on x was andy reed school of public relations like he has told them ahead of time and i think even colin saunders on x gave a very good insight to how andy reed thinks when it comes to this type of bulletin board materials type stuff like he would be more mad about giving the other team motivation before the game than anything that happens on the field pre-game or anything that happens on the field during the game so like I, it, it doesn't surprise me that the tackles didn't say anything. It doesn't surprise me that we're not going to get much from them. As far as trash talk, the Chiefs this entire week have been extremely glowingly about the Niners. I mean, Drew Tranquil called Christian McCaffrey the best back in the league yesterday. And I talked with Nick Bolton today and he said, man, they got playmakers all over the board. This is the best team in the league. Like the Chiefs are not going to take the bait ahead of the time, ahead of the game. Yeah. And then even last week when they were still in Kansas City, Travis Kelsey called George Kittle the best tight end in the league. He said this is going to be the best defense they faced all year, which is kind of funny after playing the night, the Ravens <laughs> uh, two weeks ago, <laughs> who was probably the best defense by far this year. So maybe a little slight to Baltimore there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is Andy Reid written all over it. Like you said, they're not going to give any extra motivation. But do you really need any extra motivation for this game? I and mean, if you do, you're probably playing in the wrong sport, right? This is the Super Bowl. So I don't think that would even matter in a game of this magnitude anyway. Chiefs Coast to Coast, episode 76 here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. James Johnson Jr. is tapped in with us on YouTube, says, what's up, fellas? Joshua on X says, let's go. We got a couple questions that we'll get to later, including our score predictions. Why you didn't mention Joshua's comment that said rock chalk? You didn't, you didn't see that one? Well, there's, there's no need to mention that. There's no okay, need to mention just, that. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I see you, Joshua. I want a little <laughs> How about a little bit of news that came out of availability here on Wednesday? And this is Andy Reid giving us a little something. He was asked about Eric Bieniemy's future because the Washington Commanders have hired Cliff Kingsbury as their new offensive coordinator under Dan Quinn now. And though Eric Bieniemy had one additional year on his contract there, he's now a free agent, able to move around and go wherever he wants to. And Andy Reid revealed Wednesday at the podium that Eric Bieniemy actually was inside the Chiefs facility in the lead up to the AFC title game and was providing an energy boost. A lot of guys were happy to see him. Even something that stood out to me from what Patrick Mahomes said, he said that guys had chill bumps because EB was in the building. 
Mark, this has been an ongoing conversation since the Chiefs were in their slump, right? They lost four of six, and we got on this platform and said, there is no attention to detail. This team is, is sloppy. There's nobody holding them accountable. Matt Nagy is asleep at the wheel. And here we are on the heels of Super Bowl 58. The Chiefs have righted the ship. Eric Bieniemy is a free agent again. And now we find out he has been in the facility recently, and guys are encouraged to see him. What is your reaction to that? My first reaction is, I wonder how Matt Nagy feels. Uh, <laughs> I mean, seriously, come on. Like, let's be real. If you're in his position, you know, you see the old OC come in and you got, you got Mahomes come out. The guys were having chills in their spine. And, like, wouldn't you feel a little certain type of way about that? Like, wow, guys, I've been here all year, you know, and he come for one week and – you know, it's just a different aura in the building. So, I mean, it's a little interesting dynamic there, I would say. But, I mean, obviously, the guys have a lot of great respect for EB. Uh, it was in Baltimore when he spoke to them or was in Kansas City? Because I'm assuming it was in Baltimore because D.C. is obviously not that far from Baltimore. So, maybe he just came over and said what's up before the game or something like that. That might be like, that might be a good shout by you. I don't know if there's exact details on that. I might have to yeah. look back to the exact wording on it. Yeah. Yeah, I was just assuming because they're so close and in distance there. But um, I mean, I, I think big picture wise, I think he's gonna be on the staff next year in some capacity. Now I don't think they don't have an opening, open. Mark. They don't have an opening, they, Mark. Where where is he gonna could, go? They could create a, a a title, a passing game coordinator, or something like that. They could do something, man, to get him in the building. I I, I truly believe that because I don't know where else he can go. I mean, all the OC jobs, I believe, are filled up right now. Obviously, the head coaching jobs are all filled up. So I just don't see Andy Reid not finding something for him. And I think this is the start of that with him being in the building and being welcomed back like nothing else has changed. Let's let's stay here for a moment because I really like this topic. This has got some meat on the bone. First and foremost, is it a coincidence or not that after EB talks to the, to the offense, as Andy Reid said, the Chiefs come out and score touchdowns on their first two opening drives for the first time all season, Mark Gunnels. They hadn't done it all season. <laughs> done and it all then, year. And then, not, and then not only that, against the best defense in the league. <laughs> it's not like you're playing against some middle-of-the-pack, bottom-tier defense as well. And it was on the road in the biggest game of the year at that time. So, I mean, I think you'll be kind of crazy to say there isn't some type of correlation there. I think I think you have to, right? And they didn't make any mistakes in that game. Now, obviously, they didn't score in the second half. Second half, yeah, the second half. They still, they still didn't turn the ball over, though. There wasn't no drops or fumbles or uh, guys lining up offsides. Because even in that Buffalo game, we saw McCole Hartman fumble at the one-yard line. So, you know, and I can't remember the Miami game. I, it was probably a drop or two in that one. I can't remember exactly. But I, I know in that Baltimore game for sure that there was no just – self-inflicting wounds. I think the second half was just more of Baltimore making adjustments and playing really, really stout defense. But they still controlled the ball. They still didn't turn the ball over, played clean, and they made the biggest play when they needed to. And it was, ironically, NBS, who's been much maligned throughout the season. All right, let's continue our Eric B. Enemy speculation since we're speculating here. No no reporting, just speculating. Uh, do you think he would come back and be the wide receiver coach, potentially? I think any type of position they can get them in, they'll try their best to make it happen. So, yeah, if it had to be that. Because I to me, to me, that seems like a downgrade. And Pete, Pete Sweeney, 
editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, we've gone back and forth about the Eric Bieniemy thing all year long. Pete's on one side, I'm on the other. His conversation is, look, if Eric Bieniemy is so missed, then why isn't the Washington offense so much better? Why is the Washington offense like one of the the worst offenses in the league? And why is Sam Howell look, look mediocre? Why, why isn't the thing going together there if he's such a dynamic offensive mind? And then also, why would he come back to Kansas City if the whole thing about leaving Kansas City was I need to get away from from Andy Reid to prove myself? Why then do one lame duck year somewhere else and it failed epically and your contract wasn't renewed just to run back and tuck your tail and come back to KC? Like, I, I it, there's a lot of layers to this onion with Eric Bieniemy and the Chiefs. So, do you think he's better off just taking a year off and not coaching anywhere? That's a good question. I I, I don't know. I. I I think part of this is we don't really know. I mean, obviously he wants to be a head coach, right? But it seems like that that ship has kind of sailed. Are you better off going to college ranks and trying to do that? I know college is crazy and, and coaches now are so afraid of jumping in the NIL pool. You have to almost recruit your own team every year in addition to recruiting high school guys. And like that's almost a completely different skill set. If he comes back to KC, I could see the narrative being, well, you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it anywhere else. You need Andy Reid to be successful. And I don't want that for EB. Even if it is a perfect marriage here, that will be the talk. And that's nasty to me. That's true. And another dynamic to this is, and before I get into that part, uh, Sutter just said in our chat, Brad Childress was the chief spread game analyst. He put that in quotations. Like, you you just make up a title. (laughs) For a guy, <laughs> I do remember that actually. The spread game analyst, come on, give me a break. But, um, another layer to this is how much longer will Andy Reid coach? You know, he's obviously talked about he doesn't see that right now in his future, he's having fun. And then, why would you retire in the midst of Andy, uh, Patrick Mahomes' prime, right? And if you win this year, you got a chance to be the first team ever to three peat NFL history. So that was the other thing I was thinking about. Like if Andy Reid kind of gave him a, you know, you're the head coach in waiting type of nudge. But that was supposed to be Matt Nagy, though. It was supposed to be Matt Nagy. He was supposed to be the guy in waiting. And now one year where the offense is like kind of kind of mediocre for eight weeks has soured everybody off that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it has. (laughs) <laughs> it's a messy situation, man, because it really is messy, bro. Because I think the only place at this point that AB could be a head coach is with the Chiefs, but I don't see Reed retiring anytime soon. This will not be the last conversation we have about Eric being a me on Chiefs Coast to Coast. But I just thought it was funny that he, he he's mentioned at the podium as we lead up to Super Bowl 58. A lot of talk in the chat about Eric being a me. Maybe we'll circle back to it at the end of the show you wanted to mention taylor swift you, you you're the resident swifty here on uh <laughs> here on Chiefs coast to coast i'll just say very quickly and pass the ball to you i thought kelsey has done and there's been comments on this on x like he's done the best that he could possibly do one of the questions today was like who gets a ring first taylor or the niners and, and i'm just like yo he is getting inundated with these questions of course he knew this was coming of course he He's PR trained. He knows how to answer questions. He knows how to get out of things. But all the things that I was anticipating coming into this week, as far as Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, it's exceeded those expectations. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Taylor Swift just came off of winning some more Grammys this past weekend. She won Album of the Year, which was, I guess, a lot of uh, controversy surrounding that, to say the least. But we know who she is and how big of a star she is. And 
you know, people talking about, well, she's going to be in Japan or wherever she's performing on Saturday. Can she make it in time for the Super Bowl? And people have done the math and how long the flight's going to be, the time difference and all of that. And she'll better make it in plenty of time to even get a nap in, Aaron, uh, in Vegas if she wanted to. But she might, she'll probably sleep on the plane, so she'll be fine. But I love it, man. I told you before. You know, growing up in Kansas City my entire life, being a Chiefs fan, being the team that was never really talked about, the team that had the highlights showing for only 30 seconds on SportsCenter, and they moved on to the next team. I'm loving all this attention. So anything that brings any type of positive attention to the Chiefs, I am all for. And this, yes, this is positive. No matter what all the Chads and Brads say about Taylor Swift being shown on the screen for 30 seconds during a three-and-a-half-hour broadcast, you guys need to get a hold of yourself and let it go because as long as they're together, this is not stopping anytime soon until Travis Kelsey hangs up the cleats. Let's go to our Chiefs and preview. Then, and even then, I think Kelsey's <laughs> going to be one of them guys that's going to be around the, the program, the, the, or the franchise, even after his playing career. He seems like one of those type of guys that's still going to be around and, you know, be in the facility, be in the suites or on the sideline during games. So even after – his post-playing career, as long as they're still together, you're still probably going to see him. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. Shout out to DMAC in the comments. <laughs> he said, Hollywood everything up. He said, Hollywood Gunnels was at the Grammys. I heard he presented the Taylor with the award. You got everything <laughs> out you needed to? Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just making sure. Uh, yeah, for now. Yeah. yeah. That, that was Scissors Award that she stole, by the way. Just want to make. I that knew you. I knew you were gonna say that. Don't, don't, Aaron. Don't, don't get the Swifties on your head, man. Don't do it. I'm saying it with my chest. That was Scissors Award that she stole. Hey, clip it. Hey, clip can it, you Skirta. clip that? We're gonna, we're gonna yeah, post it on us. That's gonna go viral. It. I'm gonna make sure the Swifties see that. Clip it. Gosh <laughs> darn it. Preview in Super Bowl 58 here on Chiefs Coast to Coast, Episode 76. San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Niners are two-point favorites as of this taping. I think it was like two and a half. I've even seen three some places. Currently, two points. Let's start with our injury updates. I haven't seen an injury report. We're recording this on Wednesday. 
Um, I haven't seen yeah. the injury report come out for today yet, but yeah, we should. But I, I can update you with what we know as of this moment. Joe Tooney, who's still dealing with that peck injury, was called a long shot by Andy Reid to go. James Palmer has followed up and said, you know, the Tooney camp is still trying their best to make it happen. I talked with Joe Tooney on opening night. He said it's a day-by-day thing, wants to get just towards the end of the week and see if it's a positive thing uh, towards the end. Andy Reid kind of called it like a strength issue just to see how much strength he actually has there. Because, I mean, when you're an offensive lineman, man, you're up here. You know, you're you're, you're using that. You know, you need the the strength and the the range of motion um if i'm calling it right now if i'm if i'm doing a lad prediction i don't think joe tooney goes and nick allegretti gets a second consecutive start Kadarius tony who was in that up and down middle ground didn't know what he was dealing with had the kid had the instagram live not doesn't have an injury designation but we talked about this in the chat. I, I don't see a world in which in which Kadarius Tony plays in this game. I just don't. I don't either. <laughs> I just don't. I don't see why you would mess with something that's been working with the condensed rotation. You know, you know who your main guys are, who you want to touch the ball, who you want to get snaps. And the last image we saw of him was dropping a pass that led to a pick against New England. And that feels like forever ago. December 17th. What about this quickly on Tony here on Chiefs Coast to Coast? What about just as a punt returner? We saw him make a game changing play in Super Bowl 57 as a punt returner. He didn't really get much burn as a wideout in that game, really, either. Obviously, he scored the touchdown, but the punt returner aspect of things, if you're just putting him right between the rails and say, hey, we need you to make a play, would you be comfortable with KT uh, being a punt returner in this game? No. Uh, I've been seeing this narrative pushed out there and I'm like, what's wrong with Richie James? I feel like he's been fine. He's shown some juice. I know he's actually going to catch the ball. Not to say that Tony hasn't as a punt returner, but still a guy that hasn't played in nearly two months. I don't want to just throw him out there and risk a, a muff fumble or something crazy like that. When I've seen Richie James be able to handle it just fine. And I think he has some juice to him as well. He can pop one as well. So I don't see the need there. And like we always talk about, at the end of the day, just give the ball to 15. Like, if you just got a fair catch the ball, I'm okay with that. If you got to just let it go, I'm okay with that. I don't need a guy to punt return and bring the ball back, get a touchdown, or give me great field position. Like, obviously, that stuff would be great, but I don't think it's necessary. I, I think as long as you have a guy that's reliable back there, can do his job i'm okay i'm sticking with richie james he's been doing it the last two months i'm fine some updates from injured reserve it is the chiefs activating wide receiver sky moore who was there with that knee injury in his place goes charles Minahue, who tore his acl in the afc championship game that's gonna be a tough loss Sounds like Felix and UDK Uzama is expecting a bigger workload after being inactive these last few weeks in the playoffs. I talked with him on opening night. He says it's the next man up mentality. He's not trying to overthink it. He's treating it like a normal week. What are your expectations for FAU in this one, Mark? I think for him, you see him in there on obvious rushdowns, uh, pass rushdown situations. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously like your second, third, and long situations where he could just go out there, not think too much, pin his ears back and say, go out to the quarterback. Because when he did play, when he gets some clock, he actually had a pretty good pressure rate. You know, he it didn't come with the sacks, but he did get active. He has a lot of speed on the edge. He's very athletic. He's strong. 
Uh, and, you know, they picked him in the first round for a reason. You know, they felt that, you know, this guy has potential to be really good one day. Uh, I think I know people were saying they just got him because he's from Kansas City. And it was a great story in Kansas City with the draft being there. I don't think it mattered where the draft was at. They would have picked him there regardless. It just happened to be a perfect storm with uh, him being a hometown kid and the draft being in Kansas City. But this is what you want, man. You know, you want to see what you got there. Uh, head into next year because you have a really big role next year, especially with a mini who probably not going to be available the first half of the season next year. You know, with the torn ACL, you got to imagine he's going to miss at least the first month or so of next season. So this is a big test, man. It just happens to be on the biggest stage for him. So I'm excited. I think this is a great opportunity for, for FAU, right? Like think about what Sky Moore did in the Super Bowl and the confidence that that built for him going forward. Yes, he didn't completely capitalize on it this year, had the injury, but like for Felix, a guy who had a roller coaster year, had the high emotion of being drafted in your hometown by the hometown team. And then you spent most of your year kind of learning like, this is the opportunity to put all those things together and to help a team win a Super Bowl. You can take that into the offseason and build off of it going forward. The big thing with FAU, Mark, and I think people forget this, kid is 22 years old. Like, he, he could play 10 years in the league and only be 32. Like, he's got so much more football ahead of him. Like, when you're going to look back on his career, potentially, I'm just guessing. I'm not, I'm not predicting. I'm just guessing. You won't even remember this first year, potentially. Like, you won't even say he was a healthy scratch. You could say he made a big play in the Super Bowl that catapulted them to another title. Like, this is best-case scenario for FAU. I don't root for guys often, but I'm absolutely rooting for him to have success in this game. Last but certainly not least is Jarek McKinnon, who we talked about briefly earlier to start off the show. His practice window was opened. But from what I've gathered from the talks here, from what Andy Reid said at the podium, he's mostly here as a locker room guy, as a moral support type guy. Another piece of this pie, Patrick Mahomes was asked, and this was kind of sometimes you can get information out of funny questions. Somebody asked Mahomes who would be the best future coach on the team. And the two guys that he mentioned were Blake Bell and Jarek McKinnon. And I think that gives great insight to why they made this move and why he's here on the team as early as he is, or he's on the cheer on the trip as early as he is, because he's an extra set of eyes, a former 49er, a guy who's going to be in that wide receiver room, or excuse me, that running back room that helps them uh, get ready for this big stage. Uh, I also heard Brian activated him and opened his window and allowed him to make the trip is to be in that room and provide some of this moral support. Well, you said a wide receiver room because he led the team in receiving touchdowns last year. So don't don't feel too bad about that. But uh, yeah, I totally agree. And just a sidebar real quick. I was thinking about that. You know, who would be a great head coach on this team? How about Nick Bolton? I feel like Nick Bolton would be a really good head coach one day. You know, a guy that has the green dot, you know, controls the defense. He seems like a very stoic type of guy. He doesn't give too much at the podium. So he, he kind of fits that head coaching mode to me as well. But as far as McKinnon goes, yeah, I don't think he's going to play either. And how about this? How about a full circle moment? Remember last year, CH didn't dress for the Super Bowl. Now he's going to be RB2 in this game. And after that game last year, you know, he didn't go to the parade. People thought he was done in Kansas City. He went to Fashion Week in New York. You know, everybody was writing him off of being a chief uh, this season. So full circle moment now. Now he has a chance to play in the Super Bowl because McKinnon is not going to be out there. So I think you may see him in a couple packages. And, you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to be super, super excited to play in this game. 
Chiefs Coast to Coast is rolling right along as we preview Super Bowl 58. If you have any comments, criticisms, concerns for the gang, drop them now because we will be answering them at the end of the show. Sort of wanted to make sure we talked about this. Remember earlier I mentioned I think it's going to come down to the Chiefs defense versus the uh, the Niners offense. How about the Chiefs O-line versus the Niners pass rush with no Joe Tooney expected to play in this one. It's Nick Allegretti stepping in. I talked with him earlier today about what kind of the mindset is like as both of them kind of try and prepare for this big game. I'm treating it like I'm playing because that's how I have to mentally. Uh, he's also treating it that way. So, you know, when a left guard coaching point comes up, we'll kind of look at each other and try to interpret it for it for each other and you know what that step means or you know what the angle means that we have to take and having a guy like that who's been probably the best guard in this league for the last four or five years uh, has not gotten his, uh, his credit that he deserves but having a guy like that you know in your ear and helping you along the way and you know seeing him prepare but you know also knowing that you know the coaching points he's taken I can apply to myself uh, he, he's been incredible. The Niners also top 10 in sacks, Mark. They finished the regular season at least with 48 sacks, which was good for a seventh place tie. Uh, I think Nick Allegretti played well in Baltimore. Obviously, he got got occasionally, but I think even if Joe Tooney isn't able to go, his his mental, what's between the ears, is going to help KC be successful at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. Yeah, you're talking about a guy that, and Nick Allegretti, who's been a starter before he's been in the system for five years and in that Ravens game he actually had the best blocking grade out of all the offense linemen in that game including the ones from Baltimore and now that was one of the best fronts you're probably going to see all year they led the league in sacks actually did the Ravens and you didn't really notice Allegretti at all which is a good thing for offensive linemen you don't hear their name too much because if you do that means they're probably getting holding penalties or you know things of that nature they're getting their butt whoop at the line of scrimmage and giving up sacks so you didn't get any of that in that game and I think it helps a lot too when you have Creed Humphrey to your right you know I think one of the best centers in the league if not the best him or Jason Kelsey you can argue that one but I think they're fine and Andy Reid you know he's really really good offensive lines he knows how to play to their strengths you know keep the defensive line off of balance, you know, using misdirection, you know, some eye candy, putting guys in motion, that things like that slow down the pass rush and also being effective in the run game, which is probably the most important part of slowing down a pass rush because now you're keeping them off balance, right? You're staying on schedule. You're, you're living in second and five, you know, your third and twos where you have a run pass option. So I think those things are going to be key to making sure they're keeping Patrick Mahomes clean and in the pocket. It's time to talk about the D word. Pause. Hey, yo. <laughs> did you, did you, you said that like so normal as if like you were like, you intentionally wanted to say it like that. <laughs> well, you know, I got, I got to tease, you know, I got to keep, keep the audience listening. You know what I mean? Hey, you know, <laughs> all right. What's, what's the D what's the D word, man? <laughs> Dynasty. To me, the Chiefs are already a dynasty. I don't care what happens on Sunday. Obviously, it matters, and we measure everything by Lombardi trophies because that's what matters at the end of the day. But six straight AFC title games, five of those at the crib, four Super Bowls in the last five years. The Chiefs are already a dynasty, in my opinion. But, yes, a win over the Niners and Brock Purdy on Sunday, to me, would remove the question mark and replace it with an exclamation point. And then you're starting to enter that 
rare air. Yes, they're already in rare air, but we're talking Bill Belichick. We're talking like I don't I don't need I don't need to see much more to say are the Chiefs done because they got so much more to go too, Mark. Like this the story ain't done. Andy Reid is not retiring anytime soon. Patrick Mahomes still got plenty of good ball left in him. This could be one of the last chances that Travis Kelsey has, but I, I think the Chiefs are already a dynasty whether they win or not. See, that's where I disagree. I think you gotta you gotta win three in a, a certain time of frame. If you're looking at the history of the league, you know, all the teams we consider dynasties, they, they did that. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they won three in five years. I'm looking right now. The Cowboys in the 90s, they won three in four years. Ain't you done know, nothing since. Well, yeah, but I'm saying at that time, you know, obviously they were a dynasty. Uh the Patriots. We know theirs. Theirs was unique because they they won. They did win three in four years, but then they went like a ten year gap without winning one. But they still were making deep runs in the playoffs. But the theme is three, right? I was talking about Pittsburgh back in the day. They won three and five. The Cowboys won three and four. The Patriots won three and four. So with the Chiefs, you have a chance to win three and five. And when you combine that, obviously, with all the AFC Championship game appearances. I think that definitely puts an exclamation point on it. But name me a dynasty that's won two in a time frame that we saw that we called a dynasty. I, I can't think of one. You get on me a lot about media narratives and stuff that is just created out of thin air. This is one of those conversations, Mark. There is not, there is no way to measure it. There, there's no way to say, okay, well now you're officially a dynasty. Like we've had this conversation so many times. It's just like. It's in the eye of the beholder, essentially. Like one, they could win five Super Bowls in five years, and somebody still poke holes in it. Like it just, there's no really well, that, way to measure that, it. That's just ridiculous. Come on, let, let, let's I, let, let, let's let's speak. Let's let's be honest in the conversation right here. Like, okay, yes, there's not like a a benchmark. Like, there's not a certain number in the dictionary that says you got to do this to be a dynasty. But if we're going based on the the media narratives and the history of the game and what teams have been lauded as dynasties those three teams i mentioned have all been considered dynasties and they all won three in about a four to five year window so i'm just going based off of the history of the league and what the masses and the media and the the, the historians have called dynasties let's go to vegas Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by at least Let's go to Vegas with Mark. Oh, yeah, baby. Last Vegas week. Let's go. <laughs> Mark Golis has crawled his way out of the depth. The depth. When I tell you this man was down, you didn't even want to give plays at a certain point. You were it's like, bad. oh, I want to. I want to take a week off. It got but somehow, it some got way, Mark Gunnels is nine and one in his last three weeks. We took last week off because obviously no game. Nine and one in his last ten plays to crawl him his way up. He's twenty seven and thirty and one. It was one push in there. Twenty seven thirty and one on the year. Usually he has three plays, but how many more? How many plays do you have this week? Because we gave you an opportunity to kind of do some prop bet stuff to try and get above five hundred. How many plays you got for us, Mark? I got six. I'm doubling it up. Ooh, he's going all in. He's 
See, this could go bad for you. It could, it could it go could. the other way. It could. could. <laughs> it, could. <laughs> it could. We're giving positive vibes, positive thoughts. Mark Gunnels has six plays ahead of Super Bowl 58. Here on Chiefs Coast to Coast, Mark Gunnels, take it away. Yeah, man. You know, I normally do three. I think it's only right that I double it up for the Super Bowl. And with it being in Vegas, I mean, you just you got to go big. You got to go crazy. So let's start it off. Patrick Mahomes over on passing yards. I got it at 261 and a half. This Niners secondary is, is very fragile, to say the least. They do have a good front seven. But as we mentioned earlier, I think they'll better keep them off balance. I see some big potential plays down the field. I see a lot of yak opportunities for your Rasheed Rices of the world, even CH out the backfield, or Pacheco out the backfield to steal some yards as well. I think Kelsey eats in the middle of the field, so I love this number. And in the three games he's played the Niners, Aaron, he's 3-0, and and in those three games he averages 314 passing yards per game. So 261.5 to me feels really, really low here. So that's my first one. Second play, I've been doing this every week, Aaron. I'm going to keep doing it. When I play wide receiver number ones, Brandon Ayuk, the under on his receiving yards, it's at 61 and a half. Hammering the under there. Don't even got to go too much into it. We know Legereus Sneed has been locking up number ones all year long. Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, you name it. So I'm going to continue to ride that train until the wheels fall off there. Third play, I'm taking Chiefs team total over 23 and a half. I was shocked when I saw that number. I'm like, that is extremely low. I know they only scored, what, 17 against the Ravens last week, but that was the best defense in the league, and they scored all of that in the first half. I think this Niners defense is a lot more fragile than that, and you're giving me 23 and a half in the Super Bowl with Mahomes? Got to take the over on that one. I think that's way, way too low. Fourth play, another, another over. Total of the game. I'm taking the over on that as well. It's at 47 and a half. I do think as good as this Chiefs defense is, this Niners de- this Niners offense presents a different challenge than what they faced. You know, they stay on schedule. Uh, they, their scheme is really good. They have a lot of guys moving around in motion. And they have the most weapons the Chiefs defense has faced all year as far as the collection of them. You got Debo. I mentioned IU. I know I got his under, but you still got Debo. You still got Kittle. CMC. So I think there's a lot to deal with there. And I, like I mentioned before, this Niners defense is very, very leaky. So I think it's going to be more points in this game than people expect. So I'm taking over there at 47 and a half. And then my last two plays, Chiefs money line, get that at plus money. You already know I have to do that one. Every time Chiefs are underdog, got to take the money line. Forget the spread. Chiefs win back-to-back Super Bowls. Mahomes wins his third uh, Super Bowl. And then my last play is obviously Mahomes MVP because if the Chiefs win the game, more often than not, he's going to win Super Bowl MVP unless something foreseen happens like Lesnig is like a pick six and has 10 tackles and a forced fumble or something crazy like that have to happen for Mahomes not to win MVP. So those are my six plays. I know it was a mouthful. Let me recap real quick. Mahomes over passing yards, 261 and a half. Brandon Ayuk under receiving yards, 61 and a half. Chiefs team total over 23 and a half. Over on the total game, total points at 47 and a half. Chiefs money line at plus money. And Mahomes 
Super Bowl MVP at plus money. My goodness, you fed the streets with this one. This 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 is this is a heavy ticket. I like most of them. The one that I don't really care for is the total points because I the, the Chiefs the Chiefs defense, Mark, like they haven't allowed teams over 21 in the postseason. You know what I mean? You think Brock Purdy is gonna light it up? This that that's the only one that worries me. All the other ones, Chiefs money line. I could have told you you were gonna pick that. Mahomes MVP, that's a gimme because really. He should have been the MVP in that Miami Super Bowl, if, if we're being honest. Yeah, you can say that. You can, you can say that. You can say that. That's what I'm saying. Like, normally, yeah. whoever wins the game, the quarterback's going to win. But ironically, if the Niners win, I think it's probably going to be in CMC, actually, if they win. I don't think the Niners win. This I, I was talking with Serta before we came on. I am not picking against Mahomes in the Super Bowl ever again, ever, ever, ever. And uh, uh, I think the Niners' defense is not as good as maybe we think it is. Uh, like, they've given up some points. They're kind of lucky to be in this point. I, I think this is a Chiefs win and a coronation of a dynasty. There you go. And then you'll be live on the field after the game. You'll see Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey kissing while the, the confetti's coming down. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a great night, and then the parade will be next Wednesday, I would imagine. Yes, that's the city has decided it would be Valentine's Day if the Chiefs can't complete the win in Super Bowl 58. Let's get to some of these questions before we get out of here. Appreciate y'all tapping in with us and rocking with us. Do you have a score prediction? That's Rob Jones on X asking for our score prediction. Since since you followed your ticket, you said it's gonna be over <laughs> over yeah. the total points. What what's the score? So here's the thing. I don't think the Niners are going to score as much points as you probably think I'm I'm thinking. I think it's more on the Chiefs end. So 47 mm. and a half. I got the Chiefs winning 31 to 20, which would be 51 total points. 31 points from this Chiefs offense. That would really give us that Eric Bieniemy juice reinvigorating <laughs> this offense. Sharon on YouTube wants to know Sky more activated. Thoughts on what that means? For playing time, I would be surprised if he played in this game. What do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's just for depth, just in case you need him in a in a pinch. But I don't imagine him to really see the field if at all. I'm not sure if my math is correct here, but like they had to activate him because you have 21 days to activate a guy from the time his window is open. And when you added in the bye week, I think th they had no choice but to activate him, or his season would essentially have been over uh let's continue with some more questions steve one of the day ones wants to know why does the 49ers defense get gassed up so much who have they beaten well i mean if you look at the playoffs they their defense hasn't been gassed up to me i think everybody has seen the holes that that lie in it, especially in their run defense you know they've got gashed uh aaron jones ran for like a buck 20 on them montgomery and gibbs were getting after them so, I mean, I think it's more of a perception thing because, you know, I think that's what the Chiefs defense as well, because the Chiefs brand is Mahomes, Reed, yeah. Kelsey. You think about that first. You don't think about the defense, even though their defense is playing lights out. Where with the Niners, you think hard hitting defense, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, like they got the name value, but the production hasn't really been there. Is this Chris Jones's last game as a Chief? Yes. I think so too. But I think Sneed is back. I do. If I, I had agree. to guess, I if I'm yeah. doing crystal ball, 
I think Sneed is back. I think we covered all our bases here. Mark Gunnels, any last words before we sign off episode 76? Where are we partying at this weekend, man? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But you better have my $75 when you get here. <laughs> For Mark Gunnels in LA, Steven Serta behind the board in KC. Aaron Ladd is out in Vegas. We'll talk to y'all next week. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.